Welcome to another episode of the BU Podcast, where light banter meets deep topics of the heart and soul. I'm your host, Chris Sirock. Welcome, my friends. Hope you're flowing with life wherever you are. I've got an amazing show for you today. My guest is Jennifer Mitchell. She's a quantum healing hypnosis and past life regression practitioner. And her areas of expertise are past life regression, between life exploration, ooh, the Dolores Cannon technique, activation of gifts, self-healing, recovering lost energy, DNA vibrational upgrades, ooh, meeting your spirit guides, connecting with loved ones, and trauma release. Wow, those are some super juicy topics to explore, and I can't wait to get started. So welcome, Jennifer. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I've been looking forward to this conversation. Yes. Thank you for having me on the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And I was checking when I was on your podcast, there's already three episodes since then. So you've mm -hmm. been busy. Yeah, I have been. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoy it, you know, having conversations and meeting like-minded people. And so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's special for me too to be in the listening role and the asking questions role. So I think last time we uncovered some of the similarities in our upbringing of moving around a lot and being mm -hmm. always a new kid at the school and, and so forth. So maybe take us back to how it all started, some of the, the bigger or smaller shifts that kind of got you to where you are today. Yeah. And you know, that question, like, I never know exactly how deep to go. So um, oh, you I'll can go deep. Not super long. <laughs> um, so yeah, growing up, I did have a very traumatic childhood. Um, both of my parents struggled with substance abuse. And my dad actually was in prison for quite a while. It was just me and my mom. And eventually, I think the use of the drugs started to take over and conspiracy started to turn into paranoia hence why we moved we moved a lot so throughout my childhood I moved 36 times and a lot of that was induced because of paranoia from, from substance abuse wow. and uh yeah I was always a new kid <laughs> always a new kid in school didn't really have much stability and things like that growing up and as I got older started to realize a lot of the signs of illness and uh, things but I was still a child it wasn't at an age where I could you know, tell my mom that she needed help. And today we've actually found out that it, it is schizophrenia that she has. So growing up with that and watching that develop was a struggle. But I do think that situations like that end up becoming our purpose and our reason as to why, and it plops us open spiritually. And so that essentially is kind of what happens to me. When I turned 19, I did leave the situation because it wasn't healthy for me. So I moved out here to Las Vegas my, my dad actually had turned his life around. And so I was able to come out here and then I started working, bouncing around from kind of high stress jobs. And I look back at it now, Chris, and say, <laughs> I was finding the most high stress jobs, call centers, banks, customer service. And I rose up pretty quickly through management to senior level, but I never really felt fulfilled. I always knew that there was a greater reason that I was here Growing up, even as a child, I always just knew in my gut, my intuition told me that I was here for a bigger purpose. 2016, I stumbled across a video. I think it was YouTube at the time. 
it was a Dolores Cannon video and the video just really changed my life. Here she was talking about these things that were very intriguing about her sessions, quantum healing sessions and the things that she had uncovered. She's talking about ancient civilizations, self-healing, the power of the subconscious and the mind. She was talking about alien abduction stories, like just everything was mind candy. And so I went down this rabbit hole, just kind of binging and watching all these videos and I had to find a practitioner. I knew I need to go to experience this. This is wild. This is crazy. I was excited. And so at the time, there wasn't a lot of practitioners. There was nobody here in my area. I live in Las Vegas and still. And so I flew it to LA. It was the closest practitioner and I had a session. And there's a part in the session where we call forward the subconscious higher self. And I asked, like, what is my life purpose? Why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? And my higher self told me I was supposed to be a practitioner. And I didn't know where to go with that. I was a little bit scared because I was working in this job. And I was like, what are people going to think about me? I'm supposed to be a practitioner. <laughs> and it took me a little while to get there. I went back to work, didn't know exactly what to do. Kind of chewed on it for a couple of years, actually. I did the course online and I started doing some sessions on the weekends. But when the pandemic hit, I was at rock bottom in my career. I was executive at a bank here in town and I had a pretty large staff. And when the pandemic hit, we lost a lot of our staff, but my workload stayed the same. And so I was really responsible to do like a massive amounts of work with like half of the people. And I remember crying in the parking lot one morning before walking into the building. And that had become actually almost an everyday occurrence. I would cry in my lunch hour, going to my car crying every day for lunch. That's what I did. Uh, most of my weekends I would spend in bed, same thing. I was, I guess now looking back, maybe I was a little depressed, but it was all because of my job. So I heard this voice say, it's time. And this voice in my head and tell me it was time. So I went in, I put my notice in without a plan and I was really scared. <laughs> and I just started to trust my intuition more, leaning on my intuition, that my intuition would guide me and kind of going with the flow, knowing that I had a purpose, just recalling that my higher self had given me that direction. So here I am now. Uh, I left my corporate position in 2020. I've been doing this for a little while. I can't believe it's been almost three years. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> but I love it. And I'm living my purpose. And I'm helping people through the quantum healing session. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I get this a lot. Guests talk about getting to the point where they start listening to their inner voice. And it's just life has to happen, it seems like, mm -hmm. for us to get there, right? What do you think kept you? Was something blocking you? Or what shifted when you did start listening to that voice? Well, two parts to that question. So what kept me undoubtedly was fear. The fear, honestly, of what people would think about me and being judged, people thinking like, I'm crazy, you know, we live in a monetary society, you're just going to leave your job as an executive, you're very well paid, like, what are you going to do? So fear of the judgment, I didn't want to answer questions and have to just deal with that. I think that that really is what kept me there. But when the catalyst for change, what really happened was like the pandemic really just pushed me to the edge to where something was going to give. And when I heard the voice, it's like, it's time. I knew that that was my higher self. Like in my, my instincts, my intuition is like, that's your higher self telling you it's time. You need to make the change. 
And that's how I started to trust too, because, because it was my higher self and I trust myself. And I knew that if I didn't make the change, that it wasn't going to be good for me. So. Mm, yeah. So it just starts to dawn on you and, mm -hmm. and then you have to take action because it's strong enough. Yeah. Um, there's something you mentioned earlier as, as you were describing some of your circumstances during your upbringing and how mm -hmm. they ultimately had to be that way and shaped you the way you are. They were happening for you. And yeah. that too is a big kind of shift to go from victimhood to seeing things as happening, not to you, but for you. Mm -hmm. What do you think has to happen and what's going on there? Yeah. You know, I think we, as people, we have two choices in life. When we go through trauma, we can either take that victim mentality and we can use that as a crutch to kind of not move forward in life. And we see those cases. I see them all the time. I'm sure you've seen them too. Or we can use that to become our pillar of strength and our reason as to why we're here. And it's all about perspective, right, Chris? I just had to change my perspective. And it was actually always in reading. I don't feel like looking back, I don't really feel like I actually ever took that victimhood mentality on because I think I saw a lot of people who did and I knew I didn't want to be like that. And so I actually, even early on when, when I left and this happened for me, I'm going to use it to be my strength, it's going to be my reason. And then now because of the trauma and the situations that I had growing up, I have a lot of people that come through my door for sessions and I'm able to really relate with them and create that safe container and that safe space. And I think that a lot of people really feel comfortable talking to me and opening up because there's that commonality. Yeah, they can see mm -hmm. the resonance, right? You're authentic yeah. in your advice and guidance. So yeah, and I say this often, it's the things we resist the most, these uh, challenges that life throws our way and and that we're in so resistance to and feel like, why me? Why is this happening to me? It shouldn't be happening. Yet it's exactly those things that then turn into our strengths and turn into mm -hmm. our calling. And you said something interesting there as well. When you heard that voice and when you felt like the calling to become a practitioner, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounded like you weren't ready yet to be a practitioner. You still had some work to do. Yeah. Yes and no. Like I think I had just been putting it off because my higher self was in the background. I don't want to use the word nagging, but I guess kind of nagging like this isn't your purpose. This isn't what you're supposed to be doing. You know, we told you. No, I told you. And like I said, I came to that point where something was going to give. And I said, okay, I know what I'm supposed to be doing. And it was that resistance. Like to your point, like, when we feel that resistance, there's a reason, right? Um, the path is not easy. And I think when we feel the resistance, that's really what we need to pursue because that ends up being our calling. It ends up being our purpose and our reason why. Mm. Oh, wow. That also brings up for me my experience in, in teaching in higher education for a decade and how there was something about feeling like we're more planting seeds than anything. And then mm -hmm. from our practitioner side and then from the student side, it, it would be a, a consistent theme of, Chris, I feel like I'm not ready yet. What do I need? What other classes do I need to take? My impression with just dealing with a lot of students is it's almost as if the moment you ask the question of, am I ready? That means you're ready. You know I, what I mean? Yeah, I really agree. I have this saying, if you wait till you're ready, you'll never be ready. Meaning like you just need to go for it. And everything will unfold as you're going for it. And sometimes it could seem overwhelming. And I have this little sticky, I'm really trying to cut back on my sticky notes, but it says done. Done is better than perfect. 
And I really like that because at least I've accomplished something. It may not be perfect, but I did it, right? And then we perfected along the way, along the journey. And it's also about baby steps. I've really been working on that. Anytime I feel overwhelmed or like, what am I doing? Am I ready? Or should I be doing this? Is this my my purpose, my path? I just really go back to small steps. And when you turn around and you look behind you, you've gone a great distance. So I try to do one task a day or one thing a week towards my bigger purpose, towards my goal. Yeah. And I used in my corporate career, I used stickies as a tool to keep things small and simple because there's only so much you can put on there. And so mm-hmm. when you break down a workflow or a process to these small steps, it just becomes more manageable and oversightful. So it's a valuable tool. So maybe don't cut back on them just yet. <laughs> or maybe go to switch to virtual stickies. I don't know if that works. I do. Oh, okay. I have a virtual roadmap, actually. I did like a whole roadmap. <laughs> That's awesome. It's, it's, it's interesting that how even like those skills transfer, they transfer over. Yeah. Yeah. Everything does transfer. I mean, I remember yeah. being worried about, you know, spending 25 plus years in user experience design and design thinking and corporate and startup environments and all of that. And when I moved more into writing and authorship and public speaking and the spiritual side of things, and I felt like, do I have to leave all of that behind? That Mm -mm. thought was actually holding me back. And then when I realized that that was informing my voice and my message and who I am and who I appeal Mm -hmm. to and all that stuff, we are who we are because of our journey that got us here. So all of those ingredients are part of us. So we should never, just because somebody else is doing the same thing or saying the same thing, even we're different, we're unique. We're going to appeal to people that resonate with us. And so that shouldn't never hold us back. No. And I like what you said um, too about how you had all these skills and they, they kind of transition into who you are and like what you do now. And looking back on that, I didn't need to leave it. I mean, I have all these, you know, Six Sigma and all this experience and I'm starting a business. So it, I'm going to use those skills. They're there. They're in my, my pocket. And to your point, the right people will find us. People resonate with me. Some people might resonate with a, another practitioner. We actually have a referral network and sometimes somebody doesn't align for me and then I'll be Maybe it's a scheduling thing and I'll refer them to someone and it was a great session for that other practitioner. So people find a way of locating and aligning with the practitioners or the type of healing or the modality that works best for them. Yeah, that's beautiful. And what I hear from that is that there is really no need to cling to anything. If somebody doesn't want to work with us, that's not meant to be. And there's no reason to force Mm -hmm. that or it's ultimately for everyone's benefit. And yeah, referral networks. That's great that you're doing that. Speaking of keeping things simple, do you have any other little simple post-it size, bite-size notes and reminders? Those, the couple you mentioned were super cool already. Oh, I'm being put on the spot here. Hold on. <laughs> For the listeners, she's literally pulling down stickies from her computer monitor. Goodness. Clear mind will clear my anxiety. <laughs> That's a good one. And um, oh, yes, here. This one's great, Chris. If you wouldn't hire yourself to do it, then find someone else. And I'm going to tell you why that actually is on there. And I just put that on there two days ago because as a podcast host myself, I was a little bit stressed about editing. And one of my mentors is like, would you hire yourself to edit? And I was like, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> and she's like, so I have a <laughs> saying, if you wouldn't hire yourself to do it, 
then find someone else. And so it's like, oh, okay. And then I would put that on there because it's easy to get stuck in that analysis paralysis or to feel overwhelmed. And so that actually really helps me. I look at that actually quite a few times since I put it up there. Yeah. I actually fall trapped to the other end of the spectrum where because I have so much experience, I can, I feel like I can do everything and I would actually hire myself for everything, but I don't have time to do everything. Mm -hmm. So I have to find another way to delegate. Yeah. Sometimes it is hard because especially with when it's your own business, because you want things done, I guess you're a certain way. I don't mind delegating it as long as it comes back to me (laughs) so that I could look at it, give it my stamp of approval. Yeah. So when you work with your clients, how do they usually come to you and how do you vet them, whether there's a fit or not? And how does that work for you? Um, I don't necessarily vet people. I think if the schedule is not aligning, then I might refer to someone else because they always think that there's a reason for that. And sometimes that happens. But usually the people who find me that want to work with me, I tend to find that they have been maybe following me for a little while or they're familiar. They've listened to a few of the podcasts that I've been on and they align with me and they know that they want to come and have a session with me. The work that I do is one of the deepest, most profound methods of inner work that somebody can do. So a little bit about quantum healing hypnosis is I'm actually trained in the methods of Dolores Cannon. And Dolores Cannon, I like to refer to her as a spiritual pioneer. She started doing past life regression work and hypnotherapy in the late 1950s. And she really pushed the boundaries in the way that people thought back then. But she came up with this method to contact that deeper part of us, the higher self, the oversoul. It has many names. It's part of us that is connected to source. So the type of hypnosis I do is not your typical reprogramming or you're going to stop smoking. It's nothing like that. It's very deep work. And it's also multifaceted. So the first part is we do a past life regression where I regress the client back to a previous time. The subconscious always knows exactly what to present the client, what to bring forward to help them with, with what they're going through at the moment in time. And past life regressions are cool to learn about, oh, you know, my soul lived in you know previous time doing this or that. But it's really not the reason or the lesson that's learned. It's about remembering the experience. And it's about remembering the lesson that was associated with that lifetime. The next step in our hypnosis sessions is when we scan the body. And so the body is capable of amazing miracles. It's a self-healing machine. And so the subconscious will come forward and scan the body from head to toe looking for any trauma, anything that is not functioning properly in the body. It can scan livers, cells. Like It's amazing the things that come up in sessions. And we are able to do self-healing in sessions. Sometimes it'll say, no, they need to go through this because there's a lesson associated with it or there's a reason. And the subconscious will tell us why. And then the last part of the session which is my personal favorite, is when you come to me for a session, you'll bring a list of questions. Anything that you want to know about your life purpose, uh, why you went through something, relationship, really no questions off the table. And I ask your subconscious, higher self, you know, like Chris wants to know his life purpose or what's the next step for him to take or should he move? Anything you want to know. And your higher self will respond. And it's, everything's recorded. 
and given to you. So you can listen and get all of that advice and relive those past lives and relearn those lessons. Oh man, that's awesome. I feel like I want to sign up right away because <laughs> we can't learn enough about ourselves. It, mm-hmm. I always say, I, I can guarantee you that if I became an airline pilot or a surgeon or a taxi cab driver, whatever it may be, I would discover all these other things about me. There's mm-hmm. so much, right? Not just about the craft or the business itself, but how I respond to it and the, the people, the mentalities and the perspectives in those environments. It feels like learning is endless. And then learning is ultimately self-knowing oneself is endless. And now to think that that could be expanded into past lives it's a tall task that we're here on this planet trying to, you know, know ourselves and make sense of it all. And I've done a lot of regression work and I'm always curious, are you able to direct people to a specific issue or because the way I've experienced it is like whatever comes up or whatever shows itself is, I guess, what I need to look at. But I haven't been able to really go in with a specific agenda in mind. Mm-hmm. I do not direct my clients because I think that it's important that that their higher self is the one that's directing because only you and your higher self know exactly what you need. I'm here as a practitioner to really get you and to establish that connection. So I get you to that level, that somnambulistic state where, where you can connect and your higher self can come forward and show you what you need to see. And I try not to lead. And a lot of it is questioning too. I ask a lot of questions. But I never try to lead the client anywhere. My questions are always open-ended questions as far as the discovery. So we make sure that the information coming through is really coming from the higher self, the subconscious, oversoul. has many names. <laughs> I love this oversoul word. <laughs> yeah, oversoul. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to use that moving forward. <laughs> That's really great. Now, the part you mentioned that is your favorite, like this list of mm. questions, Is that because after regression, you're so open to receiving wisdom and insight or why is it so easy or or effective? That part I haven't heard yet. Yeah. For me, I think that that's my favorite part because I think that's why a lot of people actually are seeking out. Especially People come to me for many reasons, but another one question that everybody asks is what is my life purpose? And as a practitioner, when I when the subconscious answers that, I feel like I've I've done my job. I've I've helped you, you know, helped you to remember the reason why you're here, the purpose, you know, that you accepted this journey or got received your confirmation. And so for me, I think that's my favorite part, just because I feel like this person's life is going to really change after this. They're getting exactly what they what they need and what they came for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for you as a practitioner, that must be exciting as well because <laughs> you don't know what's going to show up. <laughs> right? I it's- don't. There are so many types of sessions that come up. It's really interesting. I feel like I'm time traveling through dimensions and space. I never know who's going to walk through my door or pop on my Zoom screen and where we're going to go. I've had a lot of clients regress to this planet. It's a red planet. It sounds like a futuristic version of Mars. It's a red planet. They all say the same thing. I'd like to also talk about validation of these experiences because it's very interesting. My clients do not know each other, but their higher selves will repeatedly tell me the same facts and data like about, about situations. So I have a lot of people that go to this red planet. And they all tell me the same thing because once I realize we're there, I'll ask the same questions. 
they can't go outside. Everything, the society is all internal. It's like this building that has been made, very futuristic, high tech. Everything runs like on magnetic, like railways or cars. It's a non-monetary society, but everybody is working to try to find a solution so that they can go outside. So that's really interesting when we go there. Um, I also have a lot of people who regress into different entities, like I've had a couple, even this week, I've had two people regress into a reptilian entity. I'd be, okay, and look down at your feet and they'll be like, um, my feet are wet. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And, and I think it's a little shocking sometimes for people because they're like, what is going on? And that conscious mind is trying to interfere maybe a little, but but we don't let that happen. Um, I also I get a lot of regressions lately where people are regressing to Egyptian times, and that's really fun too. I like hearing about that and learning about that. It's almost like just uncovering lost knowledge and information. There's there's so many things that come up. Mm. Mm. My favorite though, I do have to tell you about my favorite, was a client that came to me with missing time. And she felt like she was experiencing abductions. And she's like, I think I'm going crazy. I don't even believe in this. And I was like, well, let's find out. You're here for a reason. And sure enough, when we regressed her, she had had some extraterrestrial experiences that were uncovered. And it was extremely fascinating, very interesting. So wow, any, anything is possible. We can uncover it all. Your subconscious knows everything. Yeah. Oh, I love, I'm so fascinated by, you know, when you read Brian Weiss or, or Peter Newton and, mm. and Journey of Souls and these consistent themes across different, completely unrelated people from various walks of life. And they all have these similar threads in their regressions that paints such a bigger picture <laughs> of what's really going on and how little we're aware of and how education it can't possibly grasp all of that. How big do you think it is? Is there an end to everything that exists? Hmm, a few things that I have uncovered, or that I believe I have uncovered as a practitioner, is like through my own research and, and clients. Number one, I do believe that we all have access to the same pool of consciousness. Um, I view consciousness almost as a stream. And recently, a theory that kind of popped up that I've been pondering, and this is my cavity for listeners, is I actually had a guest on my show, um, Mark Gober, and it was a very interesting conversation. His theory that he set out to prove by interviewing uh, Nobel Peace Prize winners, scientists, you know, doctors, is that our mind is like, imagine like an, I an iPhone. And you think about your iCloud. Well, the iCloud would be consciousness. And then your brain would be the iPhone. So like your brain, stay with me here. It's a little, <laughs> it's a little hard oh, to understand. I'm, I'm with you. I have, a, but, I have so a tech background, so yeah. I get it. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. You so your brain is like the, you know, the device that accesses the cloud, which is the consciousness. So he set out to prove or his theory is that he's trying to prove is that consciousness technically resides outside of the body. It's not inside of the mind. So that was something really interesting. And as a practitioner, it kind of makes sense because I see these common themes, these threads. And so if you think of consciousness almost as like a stream that we all have access to hop into this stream that's flowing, that would make sense to me. So yeah. another thing is that time is quantum, which I, I think that, that a lot of people are coming to realize that outside of this 3D dimension that we're in, really, there is no such thing as time. 
And what I've discovered through my sessions is that we're all experiencing these lifetimes, what seems to be simultaneously, uh, almost as though everything is happening all at once. We're experiencing these different lifetimes and this, the soul is kind of almost split off. We'd be the past, present, future, all at the same time simultaneously. So very, wow. very interesting concept. <laughs> yes. And for anyone who hasn't seen the movie, Everything Everywhere All at Once, that's what the core topic is. And it's one of my favorite mm -hmm. movies of all time. And yeah. Um, wow. So yeah. <laughs> did you have any, going back to kind of your childhood and life on earth, did you have any inkling that your life would uh, explode into this incredible direction and that you would just expand in such a big way. I mean, there's a limitlessness you yeah. exude and that you're aware of um, that is you mm -hmm. and you're living it. How does that feel? Well, I'll be honest with you, Chris, you know, touching a little bit more on um, some of my traumas that I experienced. I was actually resistant because as I mentioned earlier, a lot of things started with my mother with conspiracies. But then the conspiracy started to go a little bit more down the rabbit hole. And because of those conspiracies, I was actually really closed off in my early 20s. I was like, no, no, because of the trauma, like trauma-induced. I was like, I'm in it. I didn't want to be like her or even entertain anything that seemed weird or abnormal. So even though I was aware, I was aware of a lot. Um, one of the things was my mother claimed to be an alien abductee, which is interesting because now I get a lot of those clients coming in. I'm like, okay, the universe is sending them to me. It, it must be I went through that as a child for a reason so that I could help people experiencing this now. But at first, I was really closed off. I was scared of you know turning into that or people would think I was, you know, that I maybe was like her. And as I got older and I started to do more research and I started to kind of think back on some things and I knew in my in my gut, my intuition that there's more outside, and I knew I had to go down this path and put that fear aside because fear is the, the real four letter word. It can really keep us from from achieving our life purpose. So. Yeah, totally. And so, if ultimately everything exists, everything could exist. Uh, it's mm -hmm. everything is true, <laughs> or, or nothing is true. Whatever, however, where you want yeah. to view it. But then, even in your upbringing, hearing these conspiracy theories that you thought were conspiracy theories at the time, that must have dissolved that resistance for you. It's just to kind of expand into this infinite vastness of all possibilities, all at the same time, mm -hmm. and so yeah. that. Everything deserves to be held in the light of just allowance. Mm -hmm. To consider and to allow, because you know what, Chris, in the end, we don't really know until we pass. Anything could be real. <laughs> so Yeah, anything can be. Wow. Whew. These are deep topics. And, you know, I used to love to philosophize and, and really analyze and overthink and just debate things to death and in a fun way, but I would feel depleted at the end of that. Yeah. And that kind of led me down the path of thinking too much isn't mm. really good for us. <laughs> and you start looping and start feeling crazy. And, and the monkey mind jumps from one thing to the next. And then the next day, you don't retain any of it anyway. So yeah, holding everything as true or not true and just being, I think, is ultimately mm -hmm. what I came to the the big kind of shift was just to be okay with everything as it is, see it as it is without judging or labeling or defining even, just experiencing it. 
And mm -hmm. using the mind for the few things that it's designed for to plan and, and organize and uh, memory and things like that, but to really live from that place of not knowing, <laughs> and because that is this vastness, that endlessness that we exist in, in this experiment that we're part of. And so there may come a point in one's journey um, did you ever feel like you lost a foundation or a groundedness or like it's just too big, all of it? No, and I actually appreciate you bringing that up when we talk about mindfulness and the monkey mind. We chatted about that on our show. Um, the monkey mind, it's a saboteur. <laughs> and so for me, myself, I've had to practice and just learn just to let go. I like to think of it just like flowing down a river <laughs> and Whatever comes my way, I observe it and I accept it, but I don't really necessarily know if it's true or not. And I don't try not to pass the judgment on those things either. And so it is easy to get kind of wrapped up in that 3D mindset of, you know, overanalyzing and overthinking, especially with the line of work that we do and all the things, especially that come across my screen or people that walk through my door, I really could get easily caught up in, in that thought process and analyzing things. But I think it's about trusting and letting go and just going with the flow. And that, that's what keeps me grounded. Yeah, that's beautiful. And even what you said earlier, we're not as practitioners out to seek solutions or you know uncover the truth. Um, it's really to provide tools for everyone to you know discover their own inner guidance system. And whatever that may be is, is true for them. And we don't really get involved with that. So it's important to keep that boundary. Yeah. So if anyone wants to find you, where can they connect and discover your amazing work that you do? Well, thank you, Chris. Anybody who's interested in just learning more or has any questions or wants to book a session, my website is thesoulexperiences.com and experiences is plural. You can also follow me on either TikTok or Instagram. My handle is the same for both platforms. It's Jennifer Mitchell, Q-H-H-T. Wonderful. And I highly implore any listeners interested, they feel the ping of curiosity, definitely <laughs> reach out to Jennifer. She's a sweetheart. I hope that comes through in this podcast. So thank you, Jennifer, for being on the show. And I hope we connect again soon. Definitely. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you again. Uh, thank you. And to the listeners, thanks for tuning in. As always, check out my website, Sirach.com for any updates and on social media at Chris Sirach. Until next time. Be happy, be free, be you.